Okay, hello everyone. Thank you very much for coming and joining us. Uh, today, um, does anyone have any questions? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what shall we talk about today? Uh, yes, question in the back. Master, I have uh, read, I have listened to your Vajra Sutra in Vietnamese, and there was two concepts that I quite not uh, thorough with, is the concept of mark and view. And Master, can you please explain what is the difference between a mark and a view? The mark and a view? Yes, Master. Okay. Very good. Uh, those are the fundamental Buddhist concepts that um, if uh, you understand them, that's, uh, then you have insights to the wisdom, Buddhist wisdom. Okay? Mark is uh, a Mahayana um, perspective where um, it, everything has marks. Marks are the characteristics. Marks are the things that you can perceive uh, from, um, from external, the external world. Uh, for example, uh, your six sense organs, your eyes, your ears, your nose, uh, and so forth, they bring in they bring in information to you constantly, 24 hours a day, okay? And your mind uh, registers that as them, as marks, okay? So for example, you see an object that's round, so the mark of an object is round, okay? Or the object is red, okay? So those are the things that your eyes the information, the data, the eyes bring in to your mind, your mind registers it as a mark. Uh, whether it's a sound, the sound is melodious, the sound is unpleasant, the sound is high-pitched, the sound is low, and so forth. Those are the characteristics or the marks of the sound. Okay? Or let's say a taste. You know, in Chinese, they have a little way. Uh, they have the six tastes where the great Chinese chefs, they tell way, they, what do you mean tell? They balance the six flavors, okay? So the six flavors are, Chinese people help me out, uh, salty, sweet, bitter, that's three, what else? Bland is four. Sour is five. And pungent is six. Very good. You know in Chinese. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the great Chinese uh, chefs, the Chinese um, cuisine is about, about balancing those six flavors to create the dishes. Thank you very much. 
Kamsamnida. And, and so you see, so the mark of the food could be this food is, for example, Vietnamese food is salty. Uh, and uh, the, uh, what is it, uh, the, the, um, the, um, so different food has different characteristics, okay, so those are the marks, all right? So marks are the characteristics that your mind registers uh, through your sense organs. Any questions about that? Okay, so when you th think about it, everything in this world has marks. It's characterized by marks. But what does it have to do with us? What does it have to do with cultivation? It has to do with the fact that marks are the characteristics, not just any characteristics. What we're talking about when Mahayana teachers talk about marks are the attachment to marks, not just marks. So, for example, uh, the uh, people who are uh, greedy for uh, for uh, for uh, uh, for praises, okay, then they are they are attached to pleasant words, words of praise, okay. So the words they have those marks, those characteristics would be. Uh, would be would create the attachments from us from such a people. Okay, so therefore, in in China in particular, we pay attention to marks because it's about attaching to certain types of marks that causes confusion in us. I'm glad you asked because we've been talking about marks, but we really never. Uh, elaborated on why marks are important. Why, why, why does Mahayana uh, keep on bringing up uh, marks? Uh, so marks is, is basically uh, what you are attached to. So for example, uh, you go to a hair salon, okay? So you take care of your hair, so that uh, you have, uh, you, 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 your hair has a certain marks, so certain shapes, has certain colors, uh, even have some perfumes and so forth, okay? So you see, those are the marks are that, uh, that uh, some people are attached to. So basically, we have a lot of attachments to marks, external marks. Questions or comments? What about feelings? Hmm? Feelings are not observed. They're not visibly observed, yes? Uh, so feelings uh, are also, uh, are also uh, the attachment from the mind. Okay, the mind has its own attachments, all right? Uh, so what do you, how do you discern those attachments? And the attachments are views. Uh, so we have certain views where the mind is so our views are a special kind of attachments of the mind. 
the mind are attached to, for example, you have certain people who, who like smart people, who are like pretty people, who like handsome people, who like um, um, uh, vivacious people, and so forth. So the mind has some attachments, okay? Because the mind views, considers uh, such marks, such characteristics as desirable. Okay, so that's a difference, general difference between marks and views. Marks are general. Marks include views. Okay, but views are special attachments of the mind. All right, now, what's another difference between marks and views? Marks are at the outer level. Views are underneath. It's a little bit deeper, if you will. They're much more dangerous, much more difficult types of attachments. They're very difficult to undo. Okay, so for example, in, in, uh, in spiritual cultivation, Buddhism, for example, uh, when we teach you spiritual cultivation, the way, the path of cultivation, uh, we have something called the Eightfold uh, uh, Sagely Path, which begins with proper views, okay? Proper thoughts, proper speech, proper karmas, and so forth, okay? Uh, so you see, one, the the starting point for your spiritual practice is have is to have the proper views. For example, if you let's say you practice meditation and you say, "Okay, meditation for me is about sitting there and uh, and uh, contemplate uh, kindness, contemplate uh, uh, happiness, contemplate hugging trees, contemplate smiling, whatever." Okay, those are valid meditation practices. However, uh, the Buddhist practices are not, the objective is not just to, to meditate and pacify your mind and calm your mind down. The, the objective of Buddhist meditation is to first calm your mind down, okay, and then increase the concentration, which then in turn unfold your wisdom. Is it clear? So if you start the Buddhist meditation with the wrong views, you start the Buddhist meditation, I'm going to meditate because I'm looking for a pleasant time, I'm looking for uh, uh, indulging myself, I have a hard week, I have a tough week, I'm going to meditate in order to feel better about myself, okay, uh, and unwind a little bit, that to us is the improper view of Buddhist meditation. If you meditate for those purposes, that's fine. But for Buddhist meditation, we go beyond that. We go way beyond that because, uh, because those types of improper views, attachments of the mind to pleasant things, okay, to relaxation, in particular for non-Buddhist practices. They teach you meditation, and they sell you on the fact that, 
you recite this mantra, for example, and it moves pencils. I was told that you can do that. Okay, uh, you recite this mantra, and then you basically, basically the mantra orders a ghost to move the pencil for you. Okay, and I chuckle and I said, I could blow a little bit of air, and it will move the pencil. Why, why do we need a little ghost to move it for me? Okay, I could do it myself. If I have to order someone to do it, why might as well, might as well do it myself? Okay? Or if you will, uh, uh, there's much more advanced levels where pencil can move as well. But I'm not going to go into that uh, to make you greedy. Okay? So what happens is that the, the non-Buddhist practices, especially from India and so forth and, uh, and Brazil and so forth, they sell you on these let's say, spiritual penetration, the spiritual powers and so forth. And those are what we call, we consider wrong views because those wrong views will bring you to a dead end. Buddhist meditation is for us to bring you, to, to help you unfold and realize your maximum potential, your infinite potential. And therefore, if you start the process with the wrong views, okay, meaning like you want to seek for uh, some, some small benefits, that's considered wrong views. Okay? And that's why, mm, that's why the views are uh, very dangerous. If you start meditation with the improper views, the wrong views, uh, you will not get that far. Whereas you guys have been going, have, have gone very far because you have the proper views. Okay? And, uh, but that's the starting point. There's a lot more involved than that. Okay? So, you see, if, so views again, in, so in, in, in short, views are, are the types of mental attachments, attachments of the mind. It's very hard to undo. Okay, we all have views. Agree, disagree. For example, I view certain countries in Europe to be in evil state. That's an attachment of mine. I will not open a temple there. You give me a temple there, I will not go there. Period. Because my precepts, Bodhisattva precept says, you know this is a dangerous place, you cannot, you cannot, you're not allowed to go there. Okay? That's our precepts. So I know certain states, certain places in the world where I know it's dangerous, my precepts prohibit me from going. Okay? Mm. But it's more than that. I know deep down, beyond precepts, is that I have this aversion to these people who are so evil to me that they would seek self-benefits at the expense of everyone else. That bothers me. Okay? So I would not go near those people. That's an attachment of mine. That's a view. Okay? So because of that view, I know I have this problem. I will get to a point where I will be stuck. Okay? But but uh, but uh, I done I am done a lot more views than you have. That's why I'm here teaching you. <laughs> okay. Questions or comments? For example, in my prior life, before I was a monk, 
I was seeking fame and profit. Okay? Uh, and as I was fine uh, for a normal person, that's fine. But then, then it consumed me. That's all I could think of day and night. Day and night, all I could think of was to strive after fame and profit, power and profit, money and power, and so forth. And it turned out that when I got very close to my goal, I realized my views, those views are wrong to pursue only fame or profit and power and so forth would not make me happy. So I started with all the wrong views because it's accepted by my parents, by my culture, by my time that is success. Okay? And I don't want to be successful and be a nasty person, an unhappy person, or a very sick person. It's not worth it to me. So those are the wrong views I had. I finally, after I met Mahayana from Mahasheshwino as Mahayana, I realized those views are wrong. Okay? So you see, many people are based their lives, their life's pursuits on the wrong views. That's how dangerous it is. Yes, go forth. A Di Đà Phật, dạ thưa thầy, con có một câu hỏi về tư thế ngồi thiền. Dạ nếu mà khi ngồi mà giữ cái cái lưng cho nó thẳng thì ít có khi bị ngủ gật. Nhưng mà rất là hình như không thể nhập định được. Còn khi ngồi thả lỏng thì dễ bị ngủ gật nhưng mà đồng thời cũng có cơ hội để nhập định như thế thì con phải làm như thế nào a di đà phật Amitabha, master i have a question in regards to uh, sitting posture in meditation. So if we sit and we keep our back straight, then less likely we're gonna fall asleep or doze off. Um, however, um, it seems to me that um, I can, uh, it is hard or impossible to enter samadhi. When I sit with the relaxation posture, um, it is easier to doze off, but at the same time, I have more chances to enter samadhi. So what to do, Amitabha? Okay. Each one of you is different. For her case, at her level, I would recommend to her. So her question is, I want to answer her question at her, for people at her level, for her in particular. Each of you might be different. Okay? So um, for in, in her case, I would recommend she keep her back straight. Don't worry about falling asleep or not. All right, keep her back straight. And uh, would help, uh, would be more beneficial for her for two reasons. Number one, will help her, uh, that's a proper way to uh, get the chi rolling, chi uh, flow stronger on the spine. When you meditate, the chi, the chi, your life energy 
it flows from on, on from uh, the main the main channel of a flow chi flow is your spine so if your spine is bent then the chi has it's much harder for the chi to flow so what you do when you meditate is keep your small back straight the upper back you can relax a little bit but the lower back you need to keep it straight you want to keep it straight and and possibly and, and preferably I do not want you to slouch okay uh, some men some people who are tired okay they tend to slouch or some ladies tend to slouch pay attention to that if you find yourself slouching in your upper body okay then make an effort I've been taught by Pilate lady that the way that you do to keep your upper body straight and I'm grateful for that tip is that when you breathe you breathe you breathe all the way to your navel and and that's how you straighten your back naturally through your breathing there are other techniques where you can put your your back against the wall okay and raise your hands so for a little bit of exercise is to straighten your back so that your back your muscle you work in your muscle memory to keep your back straight the other point here is this yeah. You want to keep your small back straight. Small back has a natural S-curve down there, okay? You want to keep that, that natural shape right there. That's why I mean by keep that, that uh, small back straight, meaning that it has in that natural S-curve. And then the upper back, I don't want you to slouch. Yunga has a tendency to slouch, but she's a little bit older than me, so I'm very lenient towards older people than me. Okay, so I never said anything until today. Unless you have a problem you want, to, you want me to address it, I will not, I will, will not, okay? So her, for example, she tends to slouch a little bit. That's not good. It's better that she can straighten herself naturally like this through breathing. I used to have scoliosis for a long time, and recently, the last year or so, I started fixing it. I decided to fix it, okay? And through, through breathing, okay? And through meditation, okay? So in, in her case, for example, she tends to slouch a little bit most of the time, okay? So she should, she's much better off keeping the small spine, the small back straight, I mean, in a natural curve, okay? Do not bend below, don't bend, keep it. The small S curve right there. You see that S curve, right? Because the natural S curve right there. Small back, keep that, maintain that. Okay, that's the only thing you need to maintain. And preferably, when you breathe naturally, you should pay attention and keep your upper back straight. Don't slouch. Don't bend too much. Okay. So that's much better for your chi flow. Number one. Okay. Number two. In her case, that she's an elder uh, cultivator and her samadhi level is pretty high, so it, uh, if she has a proper posture, she looks better when she sits, and it's much more adorned, meaning that she creates a lot more blessings than slouching. All right? You see... She's been doing that because no teacher ever fixed her. I know it's wrong, but uh, again, if you're older, 
I don't uh, touch you. Uh, I, uh, I think uh, I'm so happy that you're meditating. So eventually, uh, if you sit long enough, you naturally straighten everything by yourself. Okay? But Yunga hasn't got that reach, that state yet. It's better that you pay a little bit of attention. Okay? Okay. Now, uh, they, as in terms of falling asleep and so forth, it's not true. Whatever you said, your question, your hypothesis, your claims are totally untrue. So ignore that. It's nonsense. Okay? Notice, for example, I never thought about those things. Okay? Uh, just because all the teachers teach about that doesn't mean they're correct. Okay? I ignore them because, because it's nonsense. Uh, it's, it's totally unrelated to your samadhi, to your concentration, to your uh, meditation practices. It's nonsense. You, you have nothing but talk about sitting uh, uh, straight, increase concentration, and well, I mean, uh, reduces uh, uh, sleepiness. It's nonsense. Okay? Throw it out. Okay? Your question is nonsense. The basis of your question is nonsense. Did I answer your question? And it's another thing that you didn't ask, but I want to remind you, is that um, you, Yunga in particular, has learned from a lot of teachers. Her head is full of garbage, a lot of con conflicting, contradictory instructions. Okay? Uh, it's a good thing you asked to bring them out, because it's not you. It's a lot of people who are like that. A lot of people go to different uh, meditation classes, uh, especially from um, many famous uh, teachers. Just because they're famous doesn't, doesn't mean that they are, they, they are good in meditation. Okay? Like, for example, Master Xuanhua is number one meditation skills from all the people alive I met. He's the top. By far, no one comes even close to him. No one. His disciples are so much lower. Okay? And I, I realized, I said, wow, for this kind of person here, he uh, uh, has so few disciples, whereas an externalist has millions of disciples and has bigger temples, has much more money and so forth. See, that's a proof right there. The more famous and you are, oh, the less knowledgeable you really, <laughs> less skilled you really are. Okay? Yeah. The great teachers, they don't need to compete. They don't need to seek, uh, uh, seek fame and, uh, and recognition. Yeah. There's room for that. So we need the lower-level people to gather in a lot more Buddhist uh, general, you know, for general interest. And then the better ones will be naturally will gravitate towards the better teachers. Okay, so I'm not criticizing them. I'm just telling you that in her level, she has in her head a lot of garbage from all those teachers that she followed. 
okay, uh, throw them out. That's all. If you want to go further, you have to undo that. You have to undo that all the garbage you gathered in in uh, decades long of practices. Okay, if you want to know which ones, I can talk to you privately. Okay, you can do wholesale dumping. You have these teachers' teachings, dump all of that, throw out all the books and all the things as well. Okay, because that's much faster that way. Okay, why? Because if you learn from the wrong stuff, it's considered wrong views. The wrong views, again, will limit your progress, will inhibit your going very far. Okay? Any other questions? Yes, too. Master, um, what can she do to increase her qi or med or health, this lady right here? I don't know her, so I, I, can't, I can't help her. Okay. Um, meditation is not for everyone. I'm afraid that I have limitations, uh, that I usually, I'm so busy teaching people to cross their legs, and she cannot cross her legs. So it's difficult, okay? Uh, I'll be honest with you, my skills are not geared towards special cases like hers, where, uh, where, we, have a, where, where we have a special, very special way of practice that uh, historically, track record-wise, help people make progress very, very fast. I'm amazed at how fast now the new students are. Uh, so. So we're still learning how to develop more and more of those people. So I'm, I admit to you, when I first started, I had some people in wheelchairs, and they asked me how to meditate. I said, oh, cross your legs, but I can't. <laughs> so, but I, never, I never really looked into how to fix that problem. So honestly, I don't know how to help her. Okay, and general help is to create blessings. General help is, is to um, if you uh, are you Buddhist. You're not Buddhist. You see, that's another limitation. Yeah, my limitation. My first time to come. Okay. Well, um, I'm glad you came. Uh, I I'm I'm sorry if I if I'm if you're disappointed, but I'm very blunt speaker, so I apologize first. Okay. Uh, we. Uh, we have uh, our meditation classes are open for everyone. So I teach everyone. You don't need to be Buddhist. A lot of Buddhist um, practitioners, non-Buddhist practitioners, and went very far. Okay, a lot farther than Buddhist practitioners. That's why we don't discriminate. Uh, uh, however, uh, the Buddhist uh, the followers have some advantages over you. I can r recommend them certain Buddhist remedies. That will help you. For example, with your with your uh, with your legs and your, and your general health and so forth. But that's too Buddhist, and I can I'm an, I'm, I'm not in a position to recommend it to non-Buddhist people. Yes, I understand. I'm I'm learning. I'm just learning now. 
Yeah. So, for example, just so in general, for example, you you have some um, some limitations, some some obstruction with your mobility. Okay, that's a real concern to me personally. Okay. It oh, it happened very suddenly twenty five years ago. That's a long time. Yes. Okay. Uh, so for us Buddhists, if we practice time meditation, it's unlikely it's going to happen to us. Especially if you practice, I've been practicing Chai for almost 30 years. It's not going to happen to me. Okay? Uh, so because of the way we train our legs, actually our legs get stronger and more flexible and healthier in general. Not just our legs, but our whole body as well. Okay? So that's why... That's why if you, if you come to me, uh, uh, if you have this problem has been, uh, that you've had for 25 years already, it's going to take a long time to undo that, even for the Buddhists. Okay? Uh, so that's why uh, I'm afraid that I can't really be of much help to you, okay? uh, except that uh, whatever religion you have, I will recommend you focus more if you have it all, focus more on prayers. Pray to God, pray to Allah, pray to you know, Victor Hugo or whatever, help, whatever. Okay, Because uh, in our practices, the two types of practices, self-help and others' help. Meditation is self-help. So we have certain ways of training our people so that they can help themselves, become stronger, and they learn how to help themselves. And there's another type of practice that we also teach is others help, where we actually do prayers. Okay, uh, there we... I do pray. Okay, so there, uh, there quite often we find ourselves in situations where we need help. It's way beyond us. Okay, so you pray. Okay, we pray. And uh, uh, who do you pray to? May I ask? To I pray, I pray to the giver of light. Okay. The uh, Almighty. Yeah. Uh, so you pray to God, yes? Yes. Okay, uh, fine. Uh, that's you may want, as you pray to God, okay, when we pray, I pray because I see results, personally. And I don't like to pray. Okay, uh, but when I pray, it's because I know that I cannot do it myself, so I pray because I ask for help. And when I ask for help, it's only because I limit myself, because I said, I will not ask for help, okay, unless I must, not for myself, okay? And so what happened is, is that when you, you pray, when I pray, I see results. That's why I know, oh, I better be careful and save my blessings for emergencies because I keep on asking for help. I use up my blessings. Oh. Okay? If I see, I see results, then it's my blessings, my blessings that I have to pay for the results. Okay? And so, but, uh, but if my prayer don't work, then I pray for something else, someone else. My so for us, we have a lot of beings we can pray to. We pray our Buddhas, we pray our Bodhisattvas, all sorts of Buddhas, all sorts of Bodhisattvas. So each Buddha, each Bodhisattva has a certain strength. 
Okay? And they said, I want you to remember me because when you're in trouble, call me. That's Wan Yin, the Bodhisattva of great compassion. Okay? When you're sick, then I would call to medicine master Buddha because he says, I will become a Buddha, I will not become a Buddha unless the people who pray to me will get help with their ailments, their sicknesses, and so forth. So we have a plethora of, plethora of, of, of beings we pray to because they produce results for us. That's Buddhist. Okay? So that's why in your world, you pray to God and uh, somehow, somehow help is slow. Would, I would recommend you pray to um, Mother Mary. Mother Mary. Yes. yes. I pray to Mother Mary sometimes. Okay. And pray with utmost sincerity, concentration. When you, especially when you're in trouble, pray to Mother Mary. You see results. Okay? Thank you. That's all I have for you. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, we have 20 minutes, so let's do a quick... A uh, quick uh, thing, quick anecdote. Okay, uh, I don't know. Wow, this is a lot. How many are there? Six. Not bad. Okay. So this is an anecdote between uh, uh, Master Wei Shan and another monk. Uh, Wei, Shan. Wei Shan is, uh, is, uh, is our, uh, the founder of our school of Chan. So Master Wei Shan asked a newly arrived monk, what's your name? The monk replied, Ye Lun, Moon Wheel. Number two. Number three. The master drew a circle in the air and asked, like this? The monk said, what the master talks about, a great number of people from all directions would disagree. The master said, this poor monk is just like this. What does the venerable one have to say? The monk said, do you still see Yue Lun? The master said, the way you say it, a great number of people here would disagree with those other people from all those directions. Okay, there you go. Done. <laughs> okay. Questions or comments? You get it? Okay, I have to explain it to you, huh? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid to God that one day one of you say, Ah, I got it, I got it, I got it. Let me explain it for you. <laughs> Until then, I do the explanation, okay? So Master Wei Shan, uh, he has, he's a very famous teacher who, who trained a lot of eminent uh, monks in, in, in China back then. So, so uh, in that tradition, the, the Chinese uh, uh, monks and nuns and lay people would come to him and ask him for instructions. And those are the people who are, who have some accomplishments. So the people who came to him actually are, have some, some kung fu, have some, some wisdom, some, some, uh, some samari power. They're not ordinary monks and nuns like us. Okay? So this monk here came and, and, uh, 
Uh, and uh, the master said, you know, he asked him, what's your name? And the monk said, yeah, Ye Lun means moon wheel. Okay, Ye is moon, Lun is wheel. Right? And so he said, so that's my, my Dharma name. This is the name that my master gave me. The name I'm known by. The master drew a circle in the air and asked, like this? Okay, see, here the master decided to be lighthearted about it. He says, ye, ye, uh, ye, ye lun. So it's the moon wheel. So he said, so he drew a circle, a wheel in the air. The air is what the moon is, right? So he said, like this? Okay, so he's, he's having fun. He's being lighthearted. So far, so good? Okay, first of all, don't think that Chan masters are always serious and intense and, and they're so, um, I, I, I don't smile. Okay, the master is very lighthearted, very easygoing, and very ordinary. You know? And that's, that's through the many anecdotes we discussed so far. Okay, uh, just like my late teacher, Master Shrinhua, he's also that way too, very lighthearted, easygoing. So he's making, he's having fun with this new monk who's clearly he's very intense. That's why the master, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to lighten you up, lighten it up for you. That's why he said, like this, moon wheel like this. And, and the monk said, what Master talked about, okay? Uh, he says, a lot of people from everywhere, many places, would disagree with you. It's meaning what? Why are you making fun of my name? Is it proper for a Chan Master to make fun of me, a newly arriving monk? It's improper. It's not acceptable protocol, especially when you welcome a new monk. You welcome a visitor. You don't poke fun at them. Yeah? Like this? So, so, Ye Lun is a, so you like this? Okay. It's like Ye is, is the moon, so the moon up there in the air. Okay. Lun is, uh, is a wheel, so it's round. So you like this? Okay. And so, so that, that monk, and as you see, the master has wisdom. That's why he said, this guy is too intense. So I'm going I'm to I'm light him up. So I said, like this? Yelun, like this? Okay. So, it's, so instead of saying Yelun, he said, like this? Okay. And that monk just said, what you should say? A lot of people would not agree with this. Is that clear? So he's right. You don't make fun of people's name. So far, so good? Okay, Chinese people jump in and tell me. Asian people jump in and tell me it's okay for you Chinese people to do that, Asian people to do that. Even here in the, in the West, we don't make fun of people's name either, right? So that's why he says, this, this is, this is, you're weird. You don't make fun of people's name. And a lot of people uh, would disagree with you. Yes, uh, Dr. Howe. 
Thank you, Master. And uh, I think it's okay to making fun of people because uh, the, the time master is at a higher social etiquette. Okay, uh, sure, from, from your perspective, but the monk is also justified. He's saying, I've never been treated like this before by a master who has wisdom. Yes, Grace. Can't hear you. Grace, make那个时候我就有一个模糊的印象就是在印度的佛教里面他们更注重定但是我至今觉得就是好像传到我们中国就觉得智慧也很重要那这个定生会的这个定如果用语言来讲的很明白的话它到底是什么意思我一直都不太明
tell me what you think. Is that clear? Okay. And the monk says, do you still see Yue Lun? So you still, he said, that's what the monk says. Okay. What I have to say, do you still see Yue Lun? Uh, do you insist on doing this to me? That's what he means. Yes? You ask me for my opinion, do you still see it or not? And Master said, the way that you express yourself, a great number of people here, meaning our cultivators, my disciples, okay, would disagree with all the other people from who disagree uh, uh, with, with my, my behavior. What does it mean? It means that it means that I'm a little bit out of time, so I'm I'm not gonna uh, I'm gonna jump to the question to the answer. Uh, it means that just because a lot of people from all over the world, all over the universe, disagree with me, doesn't mean that I should be worried about it. I have a lot of people here who actually disagree with all of those people. Meaning what? If you're quoting others who disagree with me, I can also quote others, many others here, who disagree with them and with you. Meaning what? Meaning that we cultivate. We don't worry about what people disagree or, or, or don't disagree with us. We cultivate. We cultivate and to open our wisdom. You know, do you want me to say more? Isn't it obvious? You cultivate. You don't worry about what others, people think. Okay? Because the proof is that he had a lot of disciples, a lot of people in his temples who opened the wisdom. They are like that. They don't worry about what the rest of the world thinks. And that's true wisdom, meaning that if you have wisdom, you have a high level of wisdom, then the rest of those people disagree with you. So what? Hmm? Why, should you, why should you care? That's a master's statement. Hmm? I have plenty of people here who have much higher level of wisdom than the people you quoted, including you. So are you here to learn about our wisdom? Are you here to tell us about the standard wisdom from the people where you came from. You want to learn from us? Stick around. There are like plenty of people here. You don't disagree? Go back to where you came from. That's it. So let me go. Let me address a question about about uh, Samadhi. Uh, producing wisdom. Okay. Uh, it's a lot more than just that. 
uh, it's not just about only about samadhi producing wisdom, but it's also it's only it's also precepts producing samadhi, which then produces wisdom. Okay. However, if because the question is only about samadhi producing producing wisdom, I will address it only because I don't have enough time. All right. Uh, why do we care about samadhi producing wisdom? Never mind about samadhi yet. Why do we want wisdom? Wisdom, uh, why do we teach you Chan? And we say we teach you Chan so that you can develop your wisdom, open your wisdom. Why is it important? The wisdom, if you have wisdom, then you will suffer less. It's the bottom line. Uh, you reason you suffer because you create karmas, bad karmas. As a result, if you create bad karmas, you will suffer. So you have wisdom, then you stop creating bad karmas, therefore you will no longer suffer. Actually, you'll be happier. Because that's why wisdom is important. Okay? Now, if you want to practice meditation because of fun and so forth, okay, uh, it has nothing to do with wisdom, that's fine. But in Buddhism, we, the Buddha taught us, we, we, we train you in meditation, these Buddhist meditations, in order for you to produce wisdom. Okay? Because you'll be happier, you'll be happier with yourself. And the friends will like you more. Your family will love you more. Your boss will love you more. You get along much better with people than before. You'll be happier than before. Okay? That's why, that's why wisdom is attractive, it's beneficial, okay? Now, so is it beneficial, how do we open your wisdom? You open your wisdom by entering samadhi. When you enter samadhi, okay, what happens at that point in time is that naturally, without you doing anything at all, your wisdom at your samadhi level will naturally open. Okay, meaning, what does it mean open? You have access to it. Samadhi is like you have an elevator. Okay? Samadhi is a dhyana, first dhyana, second dhyana, third dhyana, go higher and higher and higher. So each samadhi level, higher level samadhi, bring you to more, to higher levels, have, have access to, to, to higher or more advanced or more refined or more desirable wisdom, okay? So that's why when you have this, when you reach the samadhi level, okay, then it's like an elevator. You enter the samadhi, you bring up, your elevator stops here, it opens, now you have access to this floor of wisdom. Lower level samadhi, you have access to a floor that has less wisdom and so forth, okay? In contrast, if you go to a higher level of wisdoms, then your, okay, then your wisdom, you have access much far greater level of wisdom, meaning that ultimately you'll be happier, you get a lot more out of your life. All right, so that's why it's very desirable to have wisdom. And in, in Chan meditation, we 
we, 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 the way we train you is how do we uh, open the wisdom, uh, help you open your wisdom, uh, help you open your wisdom by speaking Dharma like this to you for an hour. When I speak to you like this, I'm giving you the seeds, okay, for you to recognize wisdom. When you reach that level, you recognize that wisdom inherent in you. If your level is not high enough, you won't be able to recognize what I'm talking about. So what I'm talking about today for an hour, for the last 6, 16, 17 years, an hour every single weekend, okay, is to plant the seeds for you to recognize that wisdom. So when you get to that level, you know, you recognize, ah, that's what he talked about, that's what he meant, that's what he meant, that's what he meant. Because once you hear it, okay, it's stored in you. The seeds are there, it will be stored in you. So when you open, when you get your, when you increase your samadhi level, you open the doors, that's you recognize the wisdom that we talked about. So naturally, in our practice, it's very important for you to listen to the Dharma. When I speak to you like this for an hour, usually on my master's uh, temple, it's 20 minutes, okay? Uh, and uh, and uh, subtract uh, translation. Uh, so it's actually 10 minutes worth of talk. Okay, for us, I speak in, in English, and you have simultaneous translation in various languages. Okay? And this is designed to help you plant the seeds of wisdom, okay? among other things. So for you to get up there, and you can utilize it, and you say, ah, that's why I should do this. This is why I should do that. Okay? And for example, one wisdom is that uh, you see that uh, it's wrong, then back out. <laughs> don't, don't stick around. Okay? You see, don't see any results, change. If, it's, if it works, get deeper, get higher. Does it help? Okay, time is up. Thank you, everyone.